Car troubles. Strike loud mouth again. <laughs> Sorry. Strike me again. Um, I, I was going to say specifically Tyler. Yeah. Well, you know, it happens. Um, Does it? It feels like it's happening way too often for you. Somebody steal your catalytic converter or something? No. So, actually, as a matter of fact, it was a very... Ohio. <laughs> you do. I think uh, you do. Just letting you um, it was interesting. So it was actually like a, just a weird connection with my terminal, uh, like a battery terminal. So I don't know. That's what it is. I don't really care. All I know is my car runs now, uh, at 12 o'clock, 1230 in the afternoon. It's running. What a day. What a night it was. But we're here. It's been a long two days. Like, honestly, I, I had very little sleep. So I, I slept for like, 11 hours <laughs> last night i woke up at like 10 30 and went to bed i think at like 11 35 so it, it was a very very much needed rest because i was on like two and a half hours of sleep yesterday as a whole and yeah so and there's a new loudmouth dog you'll see him at some point but i, I have a second dog now <laughs> i don't think i needed one but hey, it is what it is well, it I mean, how else how else is your dog gonna have a friend if you don't get your dog a friend? A dog a dog. They are friends. Like they they were he gravitated quicker to her than he did to me. So I don't know. They're they'll be cool. I'm I'm excited for it. It'll be fun. But I'm excited for the show. It's gonna be fun. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got a lot of stuff to show up. We got a lot of people who were at games this weekend who gave us permission to use some of their stuff. Um, I don't know. Did we get anything from the uh, our friend at the Texas game? We got a picture. We did. We okay, cool. We, we, I was about to say, I'm just making sure we because yeah. making sure my a few games because if not, it was just a couple pictures from a couple games. We had people all over the place. It was fun. Looking forward to it. But for now, let's just go ahead and, and start the show and we'll talk about all that. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. Personal foul. 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. These people don't give you. Love you, honey. I had to get up. So... My jersey over there, that's my jersey. That's a custom jersey, my name, my number. You guys have seen me wear it plenty of times. One or two times. Mm-hmm. I may have made a couple purchases this weekend <laughs> at, the, at the game. So I guess that's where we're going to start. Um, obviously, these are these are going to be very common, but I'm happy. I got, I got a couple of new things added to the collection of jerseys, which I did not expect to do. But we got, obviously, repping the quarterback. Had a rough game on Saturday. I can talk about that later, but obviously JJ's jersey. Um, yeah, Tom Brady. Oh. A goat. Jersey. A goat. Yeah, yeah two go. goats, as a matter of fact. Um, and then, weirdly enough, my brother has, has never been to a college football game. He, he's not a fan of really anybody. He he does the typical, like, like what everybody else in my family does. Oh, we'll just pick Ohio State. Well, I think he changed his mind. He bought a Blake Corum jersey, and he had a lot of fun. He enjoyed it. Um, He's coming around to what the a better, What better place to go to your first college football game than the big house? 109,000. They were 45, 45 people away 
from 110,000 in that stadium. Yeah. What a and time you think that that's nothing. Just crazy. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was fun. It was a great time. I was excited to be there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really good time. It was everything I thought it would be, everything I dreamed it would be. It was a great, great place, great environment. Um, some things they say are true, and, and it's definitely, like, for 110,000, it does not get as loud as you might think it does. It's loud, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's a lot of people to not be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the the angles are, are always a big thing. Um, a lot of stadiums up this area are that way. I mean, Ohio Stadium's kind of that way. It's, it's got some things that are built in to help a little bit, but the big opening at the at the horseshoe end um, does not help a lot in terms of keeping sound in some of the angles of their seats. Uh, same thing at Michigan Stadium. The, the seats are angled in such a way that it doesn't quite get as loud as you would think it would and should. The new scoreboards, I think, helped. I think have helped so far. But again, it, we're just at an early point in the season where we don't really know. Um, and the only reason I say that is because it, it adds an extra wall vertically that can kind of keep some of that sound in. Mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of a wait and see. I, I think we won't really know exactly what it is until maybe this weekend. Maybe this weekend. Obviously, it's a Big Ten game against Rutgers, mm-hmm. so I, I'd say that's probably one. And Rutgers is not good, so I imagine mm-hmm. it'll be a bigger environment. Rutgers has looked very good. I'm very mm-hmm. shocked by the spread, but this isn't a preview show, so I'm not going to talk about that. But the spread opening that game is, is shocking, to say the least. Um, so I'll start, uh, start with where I was, obviously. The big house had a great time, enjoyed <laughs> every single bit of that, of course, with the band and all that stuff. Uh, the new lights at the stadium finally got a chance to be put to use. They were installed in the offseason. This is the first night game, so they got their first chance to use them. They had, they, they were nice. They were, it was awesome. Probably my favorite picture so far of all of them um, that I've taken this year at any point. And then, of course, this was one just taken right at the end of the game. Um, a good time, all in all. And then there was. Say it. <laughs> um, so was that James Earl Jones that did the voiceover for that video? Sounded like him. I I, I didn't look at the screen. I was obviously uh, way more focused on trying yeah. to get a video of that because. Oh, but I mean, that was my favorite thing. Voice, right? I recognized it, but I don't know. I mean, I, okay. I you know, the, a lot of people that do the voiceovers of things kind of sound have that similar tone of voice so i i don't know i don't know who it was again i didn't look at the screen so i don't know who 
I'm not playing the full thing because, no thanks, I'm not getting this copywritten. But it was fun. The lights were cool. It, it, the whole thing was cool. It was a good game for me. Um, not really, actually. I was kind of frustrated at times. Not as frustrated as some. Some were a little more upset than they probably should have been. Um, it's Bowling Green. It's the final game before Big Ten play. You're kind of airing out the kinks. You're, you're still... Um, there's a lot of rotation going on. I mean, there, there was not anybody that played as much. I think J.J. McCarthy played the most snaps in the entire game, offensively or defensively. There was that much rotating going on throughout the entire game. Just trying to get everybody some playing time. That's what they've been doing the first three games anyways, coasting, just doing what they've got to do. That's why you're not seeing a bunch of points on the board. That's why you're not seeing anything, really. I mean, anything really of note. It's just been Get a feel good. for your second and third stringers. Getting a feel for everything. Getting a feel for the entirety of the situation that's going on with Harbaugh being suspended. I mean, it, it was just yeah. an overall feeling out process for three weeks. Going into Rutgers next week, I still think twenty five is a little much, but I'm I'm extremely confident in the in the team and the program that they've got going. I mean, McCarthy was nine of thirteen with three picks, a couple touchdowns, but three picks. Um, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I was just saying that and, you know, with it being the last game that Harbaugh suspended, I would imagine that some of the frustrations that you've seen in the first three games would not necessarily have been the case had Harbaugh not been suspended for those first three games. Um, Maybe, maybe not. That's hard to say. Obviously, you never know what. You never know what the overall situation is obviously the only people that really do are those that are within it but yeah i I would say that i think everything's just a culmination of everything going on and and the the schedule trying not to get anybody hurt just just play i mean there was a point yesterday where um mccarthy took a shot like not even a hit directly it was he got tripped up and and landed on on his ankle trying to hurdle um a diving tackler and got up limping, and I was like, oh, great, like, here we go. Um, but overall, like I said, I'm really not that concerned. Um, it was fun, though. It was a great time. Like I said, I couldn't, couldn't be happier about it. And I'm pretty sure I'm going back in a couple weeks for the Indiana game. So that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, I'd like to find something if I can, because I think this is worthy of showing hmm surprise yeah I know here we go it's a short on YouTube so let's just go ahead and do that pull it up developer and the leadership developer for this michigan team it was a bad throw don't get me wrong but just look what i found cornelius johnson was pretty cool play though yeah, that was, that was okay. uh, 
it was just great focus. That was all. It was a great play. It was one of my plays of the week, honestly. Just a hell of a catch. I mean, mm-hmm. when I tell you that, that place went from corrupted. Yeah, it just kind of went from ho hum. You know, we're just kind of going through the motions to legitimately excited. That was the loudest point in the game, and I understand it was up there. Yeah. I'll be honest, Williams Bryce is still the loudest stadium I've ever been in. Beating out Ohio Stadium, uh, the Coliseum, the Big House, it beats all of them. Um, Williams Rice was easily the best so far. Um, I would give Bank of America some credit. It was loud, but it wasn't a home environment for anybody either time I've went. So I'm not going to yeah. put that on that list. So I wonder if if you actually take one, one of, of our friends up on. I was going to say, if you one take of one of our friends up on on their on their offer, there might be a, a different stadium that takes the cake that yeah. uh, got pretty loud this weekend. Which one is that? Well, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Oh, is it, is it in this in this mm-hmm. rotation? Oh, probably. Okay. It's not this one. It's not. <laughs> but Texas one. Texas has a good stadium. I I yeah. I'd like to catch a game. They at DKR, they do but, go, um, they do get loud. I I haven't I haven't been to a game at at, uh, at DKR, but that's on my list. Maybe next bad, year. Not a bad spot to sit in. Um, road sideline though, but hey, not bad though. I like it. Right sidelines probably the cheaper tickets though. So. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Always. Um, but hey, in the in the overall grand scheme of things, DKR was cool. Um, a good win for Texas. A, a struggle win of all, but thirty-one to ten, a very good Wyoming team. I think they are easily probably the class of the Mountain West thus far. Hard to and find anybody be- else. Yeah, I mean, it really they is. Didn't, they didn't even have Peasley starting, apparently. Yeah. I guess he got hurt last week, and so yeah. he wasn't even their quarterback. And they were tied 10 up at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. And they continue our string of people who went to 7.30 kick games. <laughs> um, so I've heard that we've been mispronouncing this stadium's name the entire time. Um, I've always called it Milan Pusker. Apparently, yes. it's Milan Pusker Stadium. Milan Pusker. Milan Pusker. I didn't know that. How about um, just Mountaineer Field is what I was told. And I'm like, no, well, if that's too hard for you to say, but I, I'm okay with it. I don't, I don't think it's like, I, I don't think it's hard to say. It's just like, again, the English language is very weird. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard or harder to pronounce things like that. So, yeah. um, that's cool. Thank you, Garrett Green, uh, as part of a hype video for letting me know that that was how you pronounce the name of that stadium. Um, but what a cool environment. I would absolutely take somebody up on this offer to go to mm-hmm. our friends just in the southeast of where I'm at and, and visit um, Morgantown. Looks like a beautiful place to be. Oh, yeah. Great scenery. Was- that's not right. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> that's no longer his. Sorry. I got confused. Um, I will say, though, um, next time you take a bunch of videos, RJ. <laughs> Landscape. Your phone, and instead of this, that, okay? Flip your saying. phone. Flip we, your phone. We know TikTok has taught you to do this, but this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want the TikToks. Um, he didn't few, like TikTok. A few videos. Oh, well, I, I, 
who does really i mean <laughs> we know why we use it but otherwise not a lot you can get from it i don't know what's on the bottom here i'm gonna start do i start there or do i go up first? i think you go uh, so the... I, should i go top down yeah top down. is the bottom one going to be the best of them is that why it's at the bottom no i put it at the bottom so we wouldn't use it yeah, it's just the warm-ups, so oh, it's, oh, got, okay, okay, it's got all okay. sorts of copyrighted music and stuff. Okay, I got you. I'm gonna stop he, it there. He, he he remembered, but it was already too <laughs> a little late. late. Um, now I will say, um, you see that woman killing that Bud Light right in front of him? <laughs> Thank God, <laughs> she's already what, a woman. That wasn't what I was watching. I'll tell you that I was. Well, no, I just saw. I was wall. watching. I was watching the video, the hype video, but then I saw. Something you know, and I look down and she's killing a tall boy right in front of blue shiny can, and I'm like, Oh, thank god, she's already a woman! So, oh, shiny can. I don't know, this is a place to make political statements, Cam, <laughs> but hey, it's okay. I guess it's more so oh, a that, joke, but okay. that, that's uh, that's nothing. It's... Uh, no, I won't say it. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> I'm only yeah, stopping like, that. I'm only stopping that because, again, you know. I know, I know, but there was like three know, seconds left friends. anyway. There was more than three. There was like ten, but um, I got. I let it go. I let it go a little bit longer than I probably needed to, um, for our purposes. That's our friend RJ. Thank you for uh, the insight into what it's like to be at the backyard brawl. Now I'm sad that we did not use a different video that he has sent. Um. I blame Cam. Yeah, I would have enjoyed hearing <laughs> the, rendi their, the wonderful rendition of Sweet Caroline that I was getting. But um, I, I thought we were going to. I thought so too. That's why I thought the eleven was. So I, I no, we got a bunch of random stuff. I was saying we're if using. We can today. find it before the end of the <laughs> show. We'll we got a bunch of random stuff before. we're using today. I don't know, yeah. man. We're just we're it, here going Monday. through the motions. It's a Monday. Does it even feel like a Monday? I guess I yes. guess so, but I'm yes. I'm not working today. So again, thank you, Car Troubles, for that. Um but yeah, what a what a time we're in right now. We don't have a top twenty five today, by the way. Just to put that out there in the very early parts of the show. There's no top twenty five today. We're a little late. Uh we're actually gonna be much later than the playoff rankings would be coming out. So uh we'll see you guys on Wednesday for that. But we're not done with the show. We got more to talk about. Let's go ahead and discuss the games of 
the week that we put on the slides here. And I know it starts with Kansas State and Missouri. And uh, let me tell you, this was this was a prove-it game in terms of the overall way this season is going to go for, for both of these teams, I think. And all it really did for me was prove that both of these teams are very good, very good mm-hmm. football teams. Um, I have something in... <laughs> I have something from this game that's going to be used a little bit later, so I'm not going to go too much further into that. Um, but Missouri was extremely good yesterday, they, or Saturday. I'm going to say yesterday a lot, I know. Um, they were very good on Saturday. Had a very solid game. Yeah. You know. Sweet. Um, if you know, you know. Kansas State was not bad, though. Kansas State had a very solid game plan all in all throughout the game. They're just out-executed. I think the home field advantage really helped Mizzou. That People don't understand exactly how tough that place can be to play unless Missouri is yeah. good. Or it's and like just, this and it's a big game. Like, even, yeah, even last I mean, year but even Georgia. Field. Yeah, it just it always gets exciting. I remember watching Illinois go to Missouri uh, back in like 20, 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. and it was unbelievable how tough that environment was. That was one of my first games yeah. I ever watched of Missouri, I think. Maybe maybe a couple other times, like in the 07 year, maybe, but mm-hmm. I, I don't really remember much of it. This is like exactly how I remember um, – Remember it being though, it was a tough environment, a tough place to play. Will Howard played well. I, the numbers even back that up. Yeah, Brady Cook played a little better. Well, <laughs> that's how. That's I how know, it was. You were on the road, but I mean, when I was watching this game, both of these quarterbacks played through some mm-hmm. some gippiness. They were they both were at times. I was gonna say Will Howard was nursing because I've I've watched highlights. I've watched actually the entirety of. This game, it's the only one I've been able to watch the entirety. I've watched a bunch of highlights for other games, but mm-hmm. this is the only game I've been able to get through the full full entirety of. And Will Howard, I think it was like after the first quarter, was hobbling around. Was I mean, it, it was it was a yeah. tough, it was a physical football game. I mean, this was this reminded me of what it what it was like when these two teams were Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just. Both these quarterbacks the way it was. at various points came up a little gimpy and played yeah. through and showed a lot of toughness. Absolutely, like it, was, it did. Both. It did remind me of, of what the Big Twelve used to look like when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know if I was going to see that again for a while. Honestly, turns out you did. Yeah, and the then... only thing that was missing was uh, the FSN Kiyosera theme. Um, I think it's Harrison Mebus. I think that's her name, Harrison. Harrison, Um, Hey, look at that. Uh, With a 61-yard field goal to win the game, which is an SEC record. Um, I, I, you can't even say that's a fluke. I mean, congratulations for the kick first off, and secondly, run the win. Missouri's a good team, and I'm just—I have a sneaking suspicion that this does not drop K-State out of the Loudmouth Top 25, but it does bring Missouri very well into the uh, Top 25 coming up. 
I don't know. We don't have those numbers yet. But it's just a sneaking suspicion I have. I haven't even looked at your two's rankings that you've sent me yet. I don't want to know. Just a weird suspicion that it is going to bring Missouri well into it. And rightfully so. They're playing extremely well so far. Uh, They weren't like anything to write home about week one or week two. Damn, did they? I mean, they took care of business, and then you come in and do it here. Probably. Yeah, they they hadn't impressed against uh, South Dakota and MTSU, but. That doesn't mean that they didn't have the talent to pull this kind of a game off. And in the way that they did it, it just, you know, not even saying, you know, any kind of fluke or anything like that. It's just one of those things that you're sitting there. It's like, you know, he's got a good leg. Does he have enough for that long of a kick? Oh, Mm -hmm. boy, did he. Absolutely. I think it would have been good from like 65 if he really wanted it. It, it looked like it. Yeah, it looked like it. <laughs> it was a, it, I mean, it, yeah. it was one of those. It was, it was an not. Kick. It, it wasn't like a squeaker. I mean, it, it no. got mm-hmm. it, it got there. He got so. all and then some, like emphasis on the end and some. Either way here, I think that this mm-hmm. is, again, not indicative of anything bad for K-State. This is all, all about Missouri, to be honest. I, I don't think you can really come away from this and be negative towards Kansas State. I mean, they did everything they needed to do to get this game to overtime defensively. But you can't control uh, some things, and, and that was definitely one that was – that's on one player, and that one player made everything happen. So, yeah. um, huge props for Missouri, big-time win. Uh, a good program booster, if you will. Uh, for, for Eli Drinkwitz. Oh, we'll yeah. move on. I don't know what's next. Oh. Well, I take that back. I watched one other game. <laughs> and it was this one. And, um, you know, I I am not surprised um, for multiple reasons. Now, I, I've, I've told you guys, um, I... I I made a little bet on this game. After our show on Wednesday, I was like, you know what? I'm buying it. I'm just buying in fully. I went and took Florida, money line. I went and took the under, because that's the only way Florida was going to win, as I alluded to on Wednesday. Both hit. A nice little uh, nice little payday for me. It's not the only thing I hit on, on in terms of betting. Um, I was actually close to two other bets that either hit or one was one away and I'll talk about that. Uh, believe me, I got a I got a long conversation for a certain team out there. But Florida came out and took this game by storm, man. They went yeah. and you know what you know what's funny is on, on Wednesday I, I mentioned Tennessee's slow starts really hurting them. Mm-hmm. Joe Milton was very bad in the first half, much much like Austin P, much like Virginia. He started getting it going a little bit in the second half, but it was kind of too little too late. They were trying to play from behind and try to catch up. You're down 26 to 7 at the end of the first half. Tennessee tried to, to come back. Joe Milton did what he could, um, but it just didn't work out. At the end of the day, this is all about what Florida was able to do, more so than what um, Tennessee could not. Yeah. They came out and took this game. Their home crowd was in it from the very beginning, which we knew it would be. It's a swamp. Everybody expects it. I've heard people say it's overrated. Maybe I've said it a time or two. Especially when they're bad, it could be. But when it comes to this game, 
you can never overestimate what exactly the swamp is. Is this something that makes Florida a top 25 team? I don't think so. I think there's still a lot of room left to grow for this Florida team. I don't think it's something that takes Tennessee completely out of it. I mean, they're I dropped them down to 17 because I wasn't impressed, and it kind of showed why. Hard to say. Um, I do like that we have records that are complete opposites for different reasons. Um, that's that's nice. It is interesting but, how they all worked out. But yeah, I I just I'm all all in on how good Florida was able to play. I'm very happy for that that program. Happy for Billy Napier. He needed that win. And then he was, on the, the, he, he was the only was coach that had lost to Tennessee. Georgia, Florida State, and uh, who's their other huge rival? Was it uh, Miami? No, they didn't play Miami last year. Uh, but it was it was it's, uh, it, I don't think it was Kentucky, but uh, like there there's four big rivals, and I can't remember what the other one is uh, that Florida had lost to last year. Uh, he was the only coach that had ever lost all four in the same season. So this was his first big time rivalry win as Florida head coach. Yeah. And I, I will say, you know, you were talking about slow starts for, uh, for Tennessee there, Tyler. And this is, this was actually, you watched the, the opening drive. Florida was able to move the ball downfield. They were looking good. And Tennessee gets, you know, a, a blocks the field goal. And so Florida comes away with nothing. Then Tennessee goes down and on their possession, uh, or it was either a block or a missed field goal. I can't remember for sure one way or the other. But uh, Florida Florida didn't get on the board there, and Tennessee did exactly what they wanted to do on their opening drive. They looked really good. They got down the field, a big pass to Squirrel White, set them up, and then they got in the end zone, and they were ahead 7 nothing. And you were thinking, all right, this is exactly what Tennessee needed to do to kind of exercise the demons. They get a big defensive play. A good stop. They didn't give up eight points, and then they score first. This is what they hadn't shown in the first couple games, and then it all goes away because Florida answers back immediately. Florida is, you know, making Tennessee look confused. They had a, you know, their starting center was out, and it, it showed with the pre-snap penalties and and just some of the confusion. The noise got to him, and you know. Florida just dominated this first half. It was, you know, they were the better team, no question. And by the time Tennessee got things going, you could make the argument about, you know, two drives that were killed momentum-wise by, you know, questionable officiating with a blindside block that looked clean or, you know, the weirdness that was a fourth down that they, you know, basically stopped the play because of a substitution, even though Tennessee had not made a substitution, they allowed Florida to make a substitution. Um, would they have scored on those drives? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's it's start. very hard to say. It's it's obviously something you don't want to there be talking no about. As, yeah, as a as a controversy in a game like this. But you know, if you if it if it would have mattered, it would have mattered more had this first half not been just completely one sided in favor of Florida. And you know, they they proved that you know the team that we saw in Utah a couple weeks ago is not who they are still. And I don't know if I necessarily buy into them being in the top 25, but they sure have a heck of a favorable schedule before they head to Willie B here in a couple of weeks. They 
they got three games that are looking very winnable and they could be five and one before they make that trip up to South Carolina. And I think that is their last game before they get to, you know, try to chomp out Georgia. Yeah, no, for sure. And like in the second half, Florida didn't even do that much offensively. Like they literally just they didn't have to. Yeah. Like literally they just controlled the clock and, grinded out the game, which is exactly what they had to do. And so kudos to Napier for doing that. Um, Cause there's a lot of coaches out there, especially in today's world who would overcomplicate that and try to be like, Oh, let's just rip the top off the game. And no, you don't need to do that. You just need to execute the fundamentals play disciplined, play smart. And overall, Florida did a damn good job of doing that. And it's and Tennessee beat themselves in a lot of ways. Cause like yeah. yes, yes, they the the substitution, yes, that shouldn't have happened. I'm not gonna sit here and BS here there. That blindside block though was very borderline on the call. And so in a rivalry game like this, you got to do stuff to control it. So that way you don't see what happened at the end of the game happen. <laughs> well, if you've um, got a timeout that you're holding on to, maybe don't call it with like seven seconds no. to go and, and the game already in hand for the other team. That that usually prevents players from hit, hitting the octagon when, uh, yeah. when, when you don't call those timeouts. Completely classless. Oh, go home, Bobby. <laughs> exactly. But, but no, so I mean, go Bobby, just, you don't call a timeout in that situation. Trevor Etienne had a, a hell of a game. Milton, really, I mean, the the only mistake that he made that interception, he got hit as he threw, so it really was not on him. They just, you know, he looked rattled at times, and I mean, it really does. He I think what, a lot, though. yeah. And what we've seen with how Tennessee's offense has looked this year, it really does show how good Hendon Hooker was. And I, you know, there was a lot of questions on whether it was Hendon Hooker that made it run last year or if it was just the scheme itself. I think this past weekend proved that Hendon Hooker is a special, talented player. And when given the right system and the right scheme and the right players around him, I mean, you look at, you know, a, a big time contributor to uh, the New York football giants was part of that last year, Jalen Hyatt and, and some of the other guys that were on that team, you know, that was a special team last year that was very capable of, of doing some special things. Now, you know, what's the, how does Tennessee respond? They've got South Carolina here in a couple of weeks, Alabama's a couple of weeks after that and, and A&M in between those two. Um, the schedule is really it's about stretched. to, to gear up for, for the volunteers. And they, they really got to figure some things out here pretty soon. Oh yeah, for sure. They need to wake up. Um, this offense clearly is not the same and you're a hundred percent right. The hooker Hyatt, that entire offense last year was the perfect storm. And mm-hmm. I, I think part of it is a lot of hypo tends to be one note offensively which is just full songboard 24-7. And so I think 
a lot of teams in the SEC have figured that out. So we'll see what happens as the season progresses, though. It's going to be interesting. All right. Moving on from this one. I'm shocked we're still on this one, but hey, I was listening to this whole thing. We know. <laughs> I always do. We if I have to step away. I always do. Man. Oh, geez. Sorry. I, I got distracted by Phil Dracovic's stats. Yeah, it, it um, was not great. West Virginia takes the brawl. 17-6. Uh, to six. You know, four points each direction, and we have another 13-9, to nine, you know. <laughs> well, now we've um, been three points one direction. Yeah, oh, I thought it Sorry, math, not math in this morning. It's all good. Um, Garrett Green goes out of this game, but West Virginia really relied on the ground game throughout the entirety of this football game anyways. And it was it, it was an impressive win. I think I think this kind of showed and proved that point of West Virginia on the offensive line is, is extremely strong. Uh, C.J. Donaldson mm-hmm. is a great running back. I mean, it, the fact that, that he came in as a tight end and, and decided, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna put you running back. It might be the best decision Neil Brown's ever made as, as the oh, head coach. Yeah. yeah. The end result of this game is is kind of what I expected in terms of like the actual score uh, of the game. It was just low scoring, really defensive battle. Defensive, bad offensive. I don't know. I don't know. Offensive to the eyes? No. <laughs> Maybe. I'm I mean. Sorry. It, Pitt was just very sloppy offensively. But that's like, that's been the case for Pitt yeah. so mm-hmm. far this season. I mean, Phil Dracovic, I mean, think about last week, for example. I was just coming out say. coming off the field and saying post game that if Pitt fans are worried about me, they've got they've got bigger problems than just watching a football yeah. game. If grown men want to boo me or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, but the problem is that you're still playing bad. Take it. To, Easy take up for your poor play. Prove them wrong, yeah. Yeah, take up for your poor play and do better. The problem was he didn't do better. He still get, is below 50% once again. Mm-hmm. And less than 100 yards. Three picks of all things. I mean, last year's game was sloppy, but at least it was there was a lot of scoring. It, it, was, it was back and forth. Mm-hmm. This year's game was sloppy on one side and just really well managed on the other. I, I think what West yeah. Virginia did exactly what they needed to do to win the football game. They kept mm-hmm. control of the football for the majority of it. The end of the day, Pitt needs to figure something out at quarterback. I don't know what their backup option is, but I would they, suggest got, looking into it. They've got the Cardinal sin as a Pitt fan. They've got a PSU, a Penn State transfer in, uh, and they were things were getting so bad that there were calls for for uh, you know him to be their their quarterback. I can't. I'm gonna hate myself because I can't remember his last name. But they've got some options that the you know the Panther fans are you know to the point that they want that. And I saw a tweet. I don't know if it's you know if it's a parody account just done for laughs or if it's a real. But uh, somebody said I've got two season tickets for whatever section. Um, that will remain, you know, For now. empty. The, the seats will remain empty until uh, what's his face takes over as quarterback for Pitt. So it's they're they've seen enough of Phil Jerkovic and and they're kind of figuring out why uh, Boston College didn't want him around anymore. Um, Christian 
Envelo. Yeah, Chris Envelo. Sorry, I couldn't even. Chris Envelo. I didn't even get to that. Um, I I was trying to figure out if it was French, though. Let's just have a bit of a conversation about this, about his season so far. In three games, okay, Mm -hmm. Wofford, Pitt, and West Virginia, or Wofford, Wofford, Cincinnati, Cincinnati and West Virginia. Mm -hmm. We've seen 17 of 23 uh, for a touchdown, uh, 214 yards. We've seen 10 of 32 for 179 and three touchdowns, no interceptions. And we've seen 8 of 20 for 81 yards, zero touchdowns and three picks. An overall completion percentage on the year of 46%. With 474 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions. And somehow, somehow, and this is why I don't know, understand this rating at all. A rating of 109.4. A QBR on average this year. Um, that somehow it's not popping up. But his QBR stats throughout this season have been 72.5, 31.4, and 10.3 most recently in this game. How does that West Virginia. go to 109? I don't know what the ra- I don't understand what the rating and QBR differences mm-hmm. are. Uh, are we, are we adding it all know. up, and that's how they got to the one hundred and nine for I, the three games? I can't remember how how it works, especially at the college level, because I know it is a little different mm-hmm. than QBR at the NFL level as well. So the difference between. Passer rating and QBR is um, basically QBR ca- calculation it accounts, accounts for, for the a little extra, defense, like right. no. So uh, accounts for like throwing distance, sacks, fumbles, designed runs and scrambles, um, uh, situational context with EPA, uh, which is expected points added per play. So, um, yeah, it's a little more than just the passing overall. It's it's kind of a, a different thing because obviously QBR only goes up to like a hundred, I think. So this um, this this says that his uh, through three games, Jakovic's QBR is actually uh, twenty nine point one, which sounds a lot more accurate. So there may be something. Well, like no, no, no. Guess. So. There's a there's a difference because there's a rating, an RTG, which okay. is his average rating, and then there's a QBR, which is his quarterback rating. Okay. So there's a passer rating, and then there's a QBR, which is adjusted with okay. a little bit extra involved. That That's yeah. the difference. There, there's a little more added into the QBR. I didn't yeah. actually know that, to be completely honest. But the bottom line is that West Virginia um, did everything they needed to do. This was a a big win for Neil Brown. Mm-hmm. Why does this feel like What does it feel like what? Shut up. I don't want a McDonald's ad running. ESPN no, had an ad didn't going. Hear anything. Well, I know. I, mean, I know. That's why I got lost. I, I heard like the yeah. little 
the little angel singing thing that M the McDonald's ads have for their breakfast items. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> what in the I'm wide, like, wide oh. world of sports is going on here? Because I, I was trying to look up, is it right? Anyways, they were trying to, they were doing their McMuffin ad. Um, wow. And I heard the like the little Riddles angel singing music. Anyways, uh, true. But I was like, what is that? I'm trying to make a point here. Um <laughs> Neil Brown lives another lives to fight another day. Um, mm -hmm. We'll see how That's many RJ more said. days he has. But um, RJ did say that actually. Now that I'm looking at comments, I haven't looked at those yet. I, um, I pulled that up at one point. Maybe that was when I was pulling something up. I don't yeah. know. Anyways, he does live to fight another day. Either way, and um, Pitt is Pitt's got some questions to be answered. Um, yeah, 119th in the country. For Phil Jerkovic and QBR. I bet they're wishing that Keen Slovis had never transferred right about now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they could have wanted, but it's definitely not the start they've had. Uh, Jerkovic has been nothing shy of really terrible, actually. Probably one of the worst mm -hmm. power five quarterbacks, if not the worst in the country. I will say I saw an interesting TikTok. I think it was Sunday morning. Um, where they've made the point that Dracovic, like mechanics-wise, Boston College messed him up so much because he had, he still has happy feet to this day. So yeah, like messed him up way, so much. What are you yeah. talking? Do we not remember his 2021 season? His offensive line was trash though, and he was getting hit so much. He it built happy feet. In him, so I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I Anyways. would. That's that's totally not the point I was trying to get at. I was trying to yeah actually get it. Just his overall twenty twenty one stats yeah. and the season he had in twenty twenty one was really good. Mm -hmm. Everybody thought he was probably going to find his way into probably likely the NFL at that time, even mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, now we're sitting here wondering: Is he even going to? play the rest of the year because I mean let's go back to that for a minute. 2021 sorry it wasn't 21 it was actually 2020 because um, he got hurt in 2021 that's um, right 2020 he was, he was a 61% passer which is not not bad it wasn't great but there was a lot to improve off of 2500 yards 70 touchdowns 5 interceptions I mean yeah. he had a very solid 21 year or 2020 year mm -hmm. 21 he got hurt and 22, he came back, and he even wasn't bad last year. But the start of this year has just been miserable. I, I don't yeah. know if it – people can blame Boston College all they want because of how bad they are. That's fine. But I, I don't believe that it really is anything other than just coming over here and thinking that it, things and, are going to be better. And they're – I get – His clearly not. thinking that he's Kenny Pickett incarnated, and, and he's not. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand yeah. the way they're running this offense either. I don't think it's really – Indicative of the style, easy. He was in his element at Boston College. Yeah, he really was. I mean, you can't you can't really deny the stats throughout his career. I mean, even last year, as bad as it was for him, he was still just under sixty percent, seventeen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, eight picks. I mean, it's a huge drop off. And oh, yeah. even even when he got hurt, he was at fifty four percent. So I mean. 
maybe i i guess uh, you could say i don't know i don't, I don't really know what a, what it could be I, I don't think that i'd like to say it's not him i've been a Djokovic supporter even during that 2020 year i was a huge i was enamored by what he was able to do i mean it was it was really impressive stuff yeah but yeah it's unfortunate where how the mighty may fall sometimes um there are four power five quarterbacks that have a worse QBR rating through three weeks of the season. Oh, let's hear Jaden Jaden Rashada at Arizona State, who didn't play uh, against Fresno Saturday night because of injury. Ben Bryant at Northwestern. Alan Bowman of Oklahoma State. And the worst of the worst, the worst quarterback by QBR this season at the P5 ranks, the worst at any rank. He's ranks dead last 133rd. And QBR is Justin Lamson of Stanford. Those are the only four that have tallied up a worse QBR through three games. Wow. Tough times for the Panthers, that's for sure. I think we'll be, we might be talking about something different and somebody different at the next time that we have a conversation. I thought Pitt was going to be much better. I mean, I thought Dracova coming in was going to be good. I mean, an offensive line, finally. I know that was a big problem, and I agree with you, Cam, that mm-hmm. that was a big problem at Boston College. But I don't. I, I just don't know that the overall style is, is what fits. I, there's a lot of weird things that need to be worked out for Pitt in general. I think this is going to be a longer season than many have thought. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it continues this way they may get the same ass whooping northwestern got from duke at the end of the season (laughs) so i'm just saying uh speaking of quarterbacks that uh, the worst qbr ben bryant northwestern did get their ass whooped by duke over the weekend duke went in and just did what they expected to took care of business Mm -hmm. all right last game i think should be yeah i'm out i'm done i'm not I'm not doing this, dude. Come on. Um, This has been a game. I watched all the highlights just a little bit ago. They're literally just before this. I I started the game, but I needed to get through the highlights because I knew we were talking about it. This had every indication of upset at halftime. 14 to 3 mm-hmm. at halftime. Remember, because n- nobody going into this game thought South Carolina was winning. I no. sure didn't. Um, I was expecting Georgia to actually cover and cover big time. If I think under the game, old rules, we probably would have seen that the way they were playing in the second half. Doubtful. Uh, I don't think there was enough time. But that's why I said under the old rules. Even then, I don't. I don't think there was that quite as much time i mean all it does all the all the old rules do this this old rules do more they haven't really done a whole lot of anything huge in terms of the way the game goes it may at most take like 20 points off the board at most in a game but if a team look army and utsa played on friday night Mm -hmm. we still witnessed what was it 37 to 29 was that the final of that yeah yeah air force still put up 39 Sorry, Cam. On Friday night against Utah State, like 
the teams that are running the ball are still putting points up. There was a 28-24 game between Memphis and Navy, and both those teams were, were pushing the rock. Mm-hmm. I don't really know that it has anything to do with if the Cockles have anything to do with the low, lower scoring per se. I just think that some teams are getting better. The only thing this game did was show me that Georgia, much like last year when they, when they struggled with uh, Missouri, but this year in particular, it just feels a little more legit. I don't think there's anybody who looks sound in college football. And there's one team that I've seen that we don't know everything about yet in terms of what they truly are as a team. And I think that team resides in Ann Arbor because they've been rotating all season long. They haven't played mm-hmm. their players more than a quarter at a time. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of rotation going on. I think like Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and JJ McCarthy are the only ones who are playing like majority snaps in the backfield. Receivers are rotating. The offensive linemen are obviously staying the same. They're playing the full games, getting their reps. On defense, Will Johnson didn't even play on Saturday, amongst a few other DBs. Um, D-line was rotating all day. Linebackers were rotating all day. Like We have not seen Michigan play a full game with everybody in the game and do exactly what they can. I think they've just cruise-controlled through the first three weeks because you can with the schedule they've had. Again, easy schedule. I know that. I'm not not denying that. But Georgia should have been able to do the same thing here. I mean, their their defensive line was torturing Spencer Rattler all day yesterday. Uh, you see there, eight carries for 35 yards. That number is a little skewed because of sack yardage being taken away from rushing yards. Because Spencer Rattler did a lot with his legs yesterday. He probably had... Closer to 60 yards on the ground before sacks were involved. Um, okay, but look. the overall, it's not that big of a deal. It, it's not totally necessary. The, the bottom line is Georgia's defensive line should have mauled South Carolina start to finish in that game. They didn't. They struggled badly in the first half. They came out in the second half, got their stuff together, came out, just, just got through the rest of the game. They put up. Um, they're 21 in the second half and, and coasted. And that's all they needed to do. So South Carolina can't run the ball. They still can't. They haven't been able to all year. You see it right there. 86 attempts with 159 yards. That's less than two yards per carry. Somehow have five touchdowns on the ground. I don't know who the hell is running for five touchdowns, but it's certainly, I, I guess, to carry on Joyner is one of them. Um, but that's certainly not working. It's Things are really bad on the offensive line. Um I think that in the grand scheme of things, South Carolina is probably not okay this year. I think there's probably going to be a, a really rough year ahead. I thought this team was going to go eight and four, um, seven and five, like at worst with the loss week one. I don't know that that's going to happen. I, I don't know this team may make a bowl game. They may go five and seven, four and eight this year, just because of how bad this O line is. They need some serious help. Thankfully, there's some coming in the. Uh, and commitments and probably transfer portal, but this this is miserable um, to watch as somebody who enjoyed enjoyed watching South Carolina football. As for Georgia, they did what they've got to do, but everybody in the SEC looks looks mortal this year. I mean, the SEC is not the big bad superpower conference that we're we're used to talking about. I mean, they are struggling bad. 
Thankfully, Missouri made a big, got a big win in non-conference play. But this conference is overall struggling in terms of being able to beat even some of their worst teams right now. Um, LSU didn't struggle, but that's a different story. They, they yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, it feels as though the reign of terror, if you will, that the SEC's put on the country is going away. And Georgia's kind of this last line of defense. I, I don't think it's fair to write off LSU. It may not be fair to write off A&M. A&M's really good. They look really good right now. I will give them credit. But as a whole, I, I, don't, I don't know that much more than Georgia, LSU, and maybe A&M. And I know I'm leaving out a very big team. I'll talk about that later. Um, have a huge shot at Playoffs alone being real potential to win an championship because yeah. when I look at the top teams across the country, I don't. Again, I'm not going to say Michigan looks better than Georgia, but Michigan looks better than pretty much 131 other teams in the country. Um, yeah, and and that's with all the rotation. Uh, Ohio State looks better than a good portion of the country, and they've struggled their ass off and. Weeks one and two, they had a really good mm-hmm. game. Yeah, they played a really good game on Saturday. I'll give them that. Yeah. But how many of these SEC teams can make that run? I think Georgia's, if they can get their stuff back on track and, and make the same, have the same success they have in the last few years, maybe. But I don't, I don't know if that's going to be there for them even right now, especially offensively. I, I think Todd Monken, people, people won't underestimated just how much he really did uh, with Seth and Bennett and for that offense. Yeah, I absolutely knew that they're, they were going to be looking a lot different, you know, with, with Monken and Bennett leaving, which uh, by the way, uh want to send prayers up. I don't know what the, what problems he may be having. I know that he's uh, been dealing with something personal and then they put him, what did they, they put him on the practice squad, the, the Rams or, or what they do? No, they put them on. On like the, not they the put him list. on the. I can't remember what the list. They is. put him on IR with yeah. the NFI or something like that, like non-football yeah. related injury. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what, what it is. So I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping Stetson Bennett's okay too. Whatever is yeah. going on, I, I would assume probably mental health related or something along those Could lines. Be. Not to make assumptions or speak for him, but that's just no. what I would, what the outside eye is is gathering from my perspective. Yeah. But um, to to say wow. that for for Georgia that they you know they were going to be a lot different this year. It's hard to say. Like I, everybody struggled this week, so I'm not I'm not giving Georgia the like I'm not taking away the benefit of the doubt. They're still the back to back reigning national champions. Mm-hmm. Like that's still there. That doesn't go away just because they're struggling and they're, and they're having rough games against Ball State and UT Martin or whoever they started with, and now yeah, um, South Carolina. and now South Carolina. But it it does beg the question: like, is that is the gap from one <laughs> Georgia to everybody else closing? And I think the answer is a resounding yes. Yeah. I mean, we were almost talking about a stat that I would never have believed going into the game, at least halfway through the game, 
where South Carolina could be the last two home losses for Georgia. Now, obviously, yeah. that did not happen, but that that was the reality we were facing yeah. at halftime yesterday on Saturday. Yeah, and, and I'm going to say yesterday a is, lot. I'm sorry. Uh, but it's, like, uh, we know what you mean. That, that's, the, that's the reality we were facing. And the, the bigger reality is Missouri is improved. Tennessee's not. I'm not going to act like that. But Tennessee is improved. Or Missouri, damn it. Missouri's improved. They have to go and play Auburn in a cup next week, right? Uh, is that not, not next not, week or is it two weeks from now? It's it's so it's uh, not this coming week, but week five. Okay, so September thirtieth. Mm-hmm. So and they go to the Plains in two weeks. Yeah. You might you could have a conversation about this game deserving its own like upset alert special because it could be in that spot. That I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think Georgia's bad. I'm not trying to say they're bad. I'm not trying to say I, they're, I even, they're not bad. good. And, and but I'm just thing. saying that I think they're a little more mortal than they've been in the last couple of years, and I don't think that's an unfair statement. No, it's not. No. And and I'll, I'll also give you this. I think that it's one of those things that I mean, you look at what happened last year. Both times they were down by double digits, they came back and won. They've done it again now here with their first opportunity in 2023. There are many teams around college football that will get down double digits and they won't have the the, the ability, the, the strength, the tenacity to fight back and win those games. Georgia's done it three times in a row. If there's anybody that's more confident when they're trailing big at halftime, and not to say that 11 points is, is big or, or that it can't be overcome, but there are some teams that aren't in the right headspace to make a comeback like that. And Georgia's done it three times in a row. If, if anybody's in that that right frame of mind that believes that they can win a game, no matter what the score might be. I think that that's Georgia. I will say um, the schedule does look a little better going, like going forward. If I, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest uh, at Auburn, this is not the not worst, but not, yeah, it's not a gimme game. Uh, to get UAB this week, I don't think we'll have any problems. No. We'll, I don't think we'll see any problems for Georgia. Um, Kentucky could be, but I don't know. I have not at, at Vandy. They just lost to UNLV, so I'm not yeah. gonna even have that conversation. I think uh, they get next Florida, week. Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee four games in a row. Uh, yeah, one neutral site, one road, and two home games. But that, I mean, it could be a little tougher for Georgia than I think we're giving it credit for. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, if they get through Auburn undefeated, they will be undefeated going into uh, the game in, in Jacksonville. Probably. That's a fair statement. I know we do have to say bye to Cam here yeah. real quick, but... Yeah, sorry All about right. that. It's okay. Uh, have a good rest of the show, though, guys. Thanks so much. We know you'll be in the chat listening along with us. So I'll do my best. I'm going to be babysitting, though, so that's hard to do. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> I'll, I'll do. I'll watch our, my language, and we'll, it'll be kid-friendly. <laughs> we'll, go for it. Sure. we'll go for it. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, Cam. All right. Cam has made his way out, stage left. This is a weird uh, look. What can we do here? Yeah, that, that can work. I mean, that can work. I don't know. I don't like that we have all the empty space, but no cam. What can we do? Yeah. Um, what is next? We didn't even get to Cam's corner. Oh, I well. was yeah. I was gonna uh, say we he, we uh, we, tried. 
we ran a little long. I know he he talked about the some of the G five games that he was watching, yeah. and I think if I had to guess what the biggest thing he would have said was that uh, the JMU and Troy game was probably the best G. I'll give you one game. for Cam's corner. Okay, Idaho taking Cal to the wire. Yeah, they had him on the ropes in the first half. It was seventeen seven, I think, or something Somewhere like that. Bit, yeah. I mean, it, they were they were up, and it wasn't it was more than a score at one point. I was like, "Damn, Idaho's gonna, gonna take down Cal." They didn't. What? Yeah. Man. What? What? What's up? You stopped. I thought oh, you were saying I, something. I, I was <laughs> going to, but goodness. I was trying to let you finish your point. Out. Um, oh, that was it. Okay. I was to say, what about Wyoming? They scored on their opening possession at Texas, and they were tied at ten uh, after the third quarter before Texas, you know, ultimately ended up pulling away in that game. Yeah, I was I was surprised that Wyoming was still in that game. I, Colorado State hanging in with Colorado. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, don't remind me. Well, no, I'm not trying to go back, but I mean, this was kind of what I. Th- that said would happen. I thought Colorado State would hang in there. I didn't think they'd go to overtime, but I thought they'd no. hang in at least. Because, again, Colorado's got Oregon on the on the schedule next week. I, I think there was yeah. just a, a side of we don't really need to take you serious. Um, yeah, and then I, I Clearly, think they needed that, to. Uh, what, what, when Jay Norvell said what he said with the, you know, I'm, I apologize. I'm talking to a grown-up here, and I'm wearing a hat. I should get rid of that. But um, – you know, when he, when he said all that, it, it felt like, okay, you know, now they've... Yeah, like now Colorado's going to go out there and, and, and just and whoop some butt hang half a hundred. Yeah. But it didn't. It, I don't think the, I don't think the team really bought into that, honestly. And it's not like a, a dig at it, 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 Dion it's or anything, CSU. but the, the... No, no, it's not a dig to anybody. It, it's just... Yeah, it's personal. Yeah, it was mm. something you probably shouldn't say or it was just being mm. petty. I, I understand that, but even then, like I don't think Colorado took them seriously. Um, mm-hmm. Well, again, there's more to more to that down the line of the show. I, I heard Travis Hunter is going to be out for a couple weeks, so it's, yeah. that's unfortunate. Uh, big. That was a jackass thing to do, and I apologize for the language, but there's no reason for anything like that unless what you'd said. You know, as a possibility the other night when we were on the phone talking about this on your way back from Ann Arbor, unless you're, you know, you've got some kind of like New Orleans Saints bounty gates type of style where you're just going out there and trying to deliberately hurt, you know, the the Colorado players. Like they had what eight or nine personal foul penalties. That was that's just so. They had over 170 yards of penalties. 170 yards. That is two full fields, goal line to goal line. Mm Mm-hmm worth of penalties almost and why for what because you're upset about something that was said i mean there's just no need to even be in that position to begin with and Um, it's what ended up costing him i mean that that targeting call in in the was it the first i thought it was the final drive of the game but i can't remember um the bottom line was that it, it was pretty much what we expect. I guess that can take us into locks and upsets and, and what we had there. Um, we ended or up with not, huh? I said, or we just 
don't, but I was joking. We're going to. I I, I got I got my own my own segment of negativity to get through. All right, don't worry. <laughs> um, well, as for locks and upsets, two hit. We were two two and four this week. Um, as a group, uh, two one and one, and then sorry, BJ, you were zero oh and two, and. I'd like to say one of them was at least close, but they neither of them were were close. But neither was my lock. My lock of Florida State. As soon as I said it, we got out of the show. I sent you guys a message on Friday, and I was like, I think that was a bad call. It was a bad was. call, but not because of call. the weather, though. Yeah, I think there was a mixture of things. Clemson next week—that's a big one. That's a, mm. probably a very big one. Um, and then. Cam had Western Michigan covering on Iowa, which did not happen I mean, either. They were shockingly. hanging around for a while, but shockingly, it was a smart call, though. I mean, it could have been, you know, twenty-four nothing or twenty-eight yeah. nothing, mm-hmm. but Iowa decided, you know what, we're going to hang forty-one. Who would have guessed? I, I don't, I don't know who among us would have would have guessed that one happening. I don't know, man. That was pretty sus for Iowa. It must have had some money on the line somewhere. Maybe. Maybe UNLV plus four and a half upset pick from Cam. It hit UNLV what wins boom, on field bang. goal. They beat Vandy. They nearly South Alabama. Didn't. They nearly didn't. I'll tell you who nearly didn't get beat. <laughs> South Alabama <laughs> plus it's seven of Oklahoma State, and by God, you could have took Alabama plus minus twenty if you wanted to, if you wanted to get an alternate spread in there of Alabama, South Alabama minus 20, you probably could have got it and hit. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was what? 33 to seven, right? Or 30 to seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. You could have hit it. Could have. I nailed that one. I will give myself the credit there. I'm happy on that. I will say, I said I was looking for a spread for Sacramento state Stanford and that ended up hitting. It hit. It did hit. I, I'll give you credit. You you called the the FCS FBS upset. I, look, man, there's a lot, a lot more to be discussed. Um, as for my take five this week, I, I I'll get back to it on on Wednesday as well. Don't you worry. Uh, they'll be on TikTok this week too. I I forgot to do it this week, but it, they'll be out this coming week. Um, my take five was a rough start, but it, it closed strong. It closed strong. Uh, Florida State, Minnesota, and Western Kentucky, neither of those three covered. I was actually expecting I was expecting Ohio State to do kind of a similar thing to what Notre Dame did, just kind of get out front coast, worry about next week. They did not mm-hmm. do that, which scares me on the Ohio State pick for next week, but it was a very, a very good, a very convincing win, 63 to 10. They did what they needed to do. I will give Ohio State their props. They came out and played very well. Minnesota plus seven and a half is when I got it. Of course, on Wednesday, that line was anywhere from eight to nine to six. Minnesota did not cover. They were not even close. Um, I, I was actually shocked that they didn't even stay in the game. I thought their defense was going to play well. They didn't. And North Carolina is they're back and forth, but I think they're legit. I, I think that the back and forth is part to do with an emotional win against South Carolina a game against App State, and then a game against Minnesota. Like, sandwiching App State between two Power 5 teams is a recipe for disaster. They got away with it. They move on. They're 3-0, and 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 they are definitely legit as well in the ACC race. Um, 
as for Minnesota, they're they're below average. I, I think they're a, a very a very well, I, I wouldn't say below average. I think they're just an average football team at the very minimum. They're still going to be probably top five in the West because the West is very down. But that yeah. just kind of shows what where Minnesota's at. Um, Florida State didn't cover their twenty six. I was actually shocked they didn't even come close to covering. I figured if they missed the cover, it was going to be just because they couldn't score enough to cover. But the they got fact of the matter was, and then they just coasted. Uh, yeah, and the fact of the matter was, they got up and and let off the gas, and and it was then no longer a twenty one point game no it's two so three two yeah. that those things happen though i mean i'm i'm okay with saying that i missed but that's exactly where the misses were just some misreads those things happen yeah that's why that's why i do it I, i'm 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 okay with putting myself out there to miss yeah it happens i'm hoping for a five and a week sometime though washington yeah i couldn't have been more right on that <laughs> they they came out I, I heard some people pulling upsets on this game why? Why would you? Michigan State wasn't good prior to Mel Tucker going out. They are not good without Mel Tucker. And for those saying, oh, well, they got Mark D'Antonio on the staff. They should have been better. No. It, look, you can't outcoach a lack of talent, which they don't have. They don't have a quarterback who's very good. Noah Kim's not good. Washington is just a much better team. They were going to score mm-hmm. what they did anyways. So that was that was simple. And then Nebraska, uh, I got it at minus 11 and a half. There were some people saying that NIU would cover that. They didn't cover it. Nebraska was was big. Um, yeah, that was one thing that we didn't account for was that it was the red. I accounted for it. The only thing that scared me was the weather. Hmm. Um, that red bandana of. just seems to give them an extra gear for some reason. Maybe a little, but that, that's okay, too. Nebraska minus 11 and a half did cover as well. So I'm two and three, two and three. All right. We're going for something a little different on Wednesday. I'll give you guys my take five for the week. As for our other segments, my takeaways for the week. We'll just, we'll just stick to me. I guess it's all about me today. All right. Like narcissistic tendencies are out here. Um, My first takeaway is I think Missouri is the second best team in the SEC East. Um, they, they've come out and played really well. I, I didn't buy in. I'll, I'll give myself, I'll take that away from myself. I didn't buy into what Missouri was doing. I thought there were some things that were definitely looking better. I was, I was all in on improved for Missouri, but I was not in on coming out and being as good and winning this game against Kansas state. I think that's the big thing here. They came out and, and took this game, but they played a very good game defensively against a good offense. They played a very good game on offense. Thank you, RJ. Thank you. But always. Um, they played a great offensive game as well. And they and they come out with a, a very good, a very emotional win over a formal rival in, in conference in the Big 12. And all of a sudden, Tennessee loses. South Carolina stayed close, but they've been bad all, all year on the O-line. I don't think that's going to change. Kentucky Vandy loses to UNLV drives. as if Vandy was a team that was going to be in this conversation. And then Kentucky has has no has no resume yet to, to work off of. No. So now you have to sit back and look and say, who's, who's behind Georgia? That's the ultimate question. Is it Florida? Is it Missouri? 
I'm going to say Missouri is probably the better team right now. That does not mean they will be at the end of the year. That doesn't mean they will be when they play. Yeah. Week three takeaways is that Missouri is the second best team in the SEC East. That could change. These are ever, ever changing things. I try to look for something different every week because, mm-hmm. but let me just tell you, I, <laughs> I, it was hard to find something different uh, on a lot of these. And I'll tell you exactly why, because Colorado is back in my takeaways. And it was just the fact that I think they just overlooked Colorado State, plain and simple. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they were ready for that game. I think they were all in, and I still think they are all in on Oregon next week. They got to go to Austin Stadium. Yeah. I don't mean to offend you, BJ. But this is they're going into their toughest environment that they faced yet. The yeah. zoo's nuts. I mean, you can't you can't deny that. Why would it offend me? Well, because they did play in Fort Worth. That's the only reason I'm I'm saying what oh, I'm saying. No, and no. I mean, there's so, no comparing Eamon Carter to. Well, Watson. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to. I just did not. I, I, I'm just saying. I know that's your, you know, humble abode outside of where you're at currently, and, you know, it, it it's just it's not up there on the level of Boston Stadium. That that was all. Yeah. No, I couldn't. The, the point being, though, I think they're fully bought into that game. They're fully bought into USC. Travis Hunter being out is a very big blow. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm taking Oregon to cover next week. <laughs> Anyways, it's a 20 point spread. I don't know if that's enough. I think Oregon probably wins by 20 to 28. I think um, they might have even if Travis Hunter played. Hard to say. I just think Oregon's overall a better team. I think we're going to finally see yeah. that proven. Because Colorado is a very talented team, but Oregon and Washington are, in my mind, in my personal, humble, narcissistic opinion, Oregon and Washington are the two national title contenders if you're going to pick two out of the Pac-12. I don't think USC has it. Mm-hmm. I saw a stat the other day that I sent to you two yeah. after calling out the USC defense a while, a few days ago. I believe it was mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Um, and I saw this stat where if I could pull up the – the screenshot or whatever it was that I sent you guys. Yeah. USC has about. played San Jose state, Nevada and Stanford. They are 126th and plays allowed over 20 yards. That's seven away from last. If you're, if you're counting. Wow. And they are all alone in dead last 133 out of 133 and plays allowed over 50 yards in three games against three teams that are not good. Well, not good in the standard of what they're going to face down the road. San Jose State's the best team out of those three. That says everything you need to know, because San Jose State, while they are good in Mountain West standards, I think they're a good football team. I think they're Mm -hmm. a contender in this Mountain West. While I say that, that's the best you've got, and you're you're dead last in all these, and you're missing tackles still. I mean, this is just this is not a team that's going to go win a national championship. Three weeks in, anyways, three games in. They did have a bye week. Maybe it'll help. I don't know who their opponent is this week. I honestly have no idea. Uh, Arizona but, State. Okay, so they're, they're going to be 4-0 playing Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I would say the Colorado game is going to give them some fits. Jimmy Horn Jr. and Xavier Weaver are phenomenal yeah. receivers. They've got good running backs. Obviously, Dylan Edwards is is a guy who's going to make plays on both the ground and through the air, but mostly through the air. Colorado's going to give USC some fits. I don't know that USC doesn't walk out of there 5-0 because I'm, I'm pretty sure they do. 
but it's it's going to be an interesting football game to watch. I would be fully eyes glued on that game. Probably the same way I'm going to be on Oregon and Colorado because I really want to see how Colorado hangs in with with Oregon if they do it all. Mm-hmm. Either way, Colorado just overlooked Colorado State. This one is not an FBS level take, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to this, okay? And I don't know that I'm gonna <laughs> I don't know that I'm gonna love it. Idaho before, before, is before you move on. I just saw this coming in. Uh, there are reports out there now. I don't know how credible they are, but this is a, according to Skip Bayless. So take with that what you will. Skip Bayless reports that Travis Hunter suffered a lacerated liver and he will be out between three to four weeks. I saw that he'd be out. I, I haven't seen any of that, but let me see. Yeah. Um, it was on first take this morning. What? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I gotta, I gotta get something here. Gotta get something here. Gotta get something here. I saw something else actually on top of that that is shocking to say the least about what we're talking about here. Speaking of USC Colorado, I just read from Stuart Mandel that USC Colorado on September 30th will be the big noon game on Fox, meaning that USC will be playing a 9 a.m. local time game. In Boulder, I I thought that I was a actually 10 a.m. local time in Boulder <laughs> game, just like just like the Nebraska game. Wow, man! Wow. Okay, I mean, hey, they I'm, want, a, they I'm, want I'm the all right with the game though. Call, yeah. Another another thing to think about: five days from now, uh, we have these games: Florida State, Clemson, Colorado, Oregon, Ole Miss, Bama. UCLA, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State, Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Yeah. Whew. Six ranked versus ranked. That is exactly man. why I'm not going anywhere on Saturday. No. <laughs> like, that is, I, that is everything you so, need to know about where I'm not going. So I, I'm going to be basically speeding down the highway trying to get back home Saturday morning because I've got yeah. a, a, a long road trip Friday that I've got to make, and I'm breaking the trip back uh, into two parts so I can – be Good home call. and watch that's a three football. hour drive, ain't it? Isn't that what you said? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Brutal. Hey, I did that on Saturday. It wasn't my smartest move. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Back to my take takeaways. Idaho. You are an FCS national title contender in 2023. And here is exactly why I'm saying that, because I know that sounds absolutely blasphemous to say. They have hung around and or beat multiple FBS teams in the first three weeks of the season. They are con- they are actually very good on both lines of scrimmage. They're very good. They have some talented skill players. I don't know where these guys came from. I don't know why they couldn't get them in, in, when they the were FBS an FBS ranks, team. Yeah. But they are very sound, very good football team. I think a lot of it's experience. I think they're a legit team when the FCS playoffs come around. I assume uh, with staying healthy, they're going to continue this kind of terror they've been on in terms of winning these games and, and or being close in a lot of the games against teams that may be a little better. I know I think uh, Big Sky, they'll play Eastern Washington and uh, amongst others, Washington or Montana, Idaho. Yeah. Damn it. Montana, 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 Montana State. State. 
Uh, but Montana Idaho would be a fun football game to watch. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a tough schedule. The Big Sky's good this year, very good this year. Weber's even still good. Mm-hmm. If they can make it through there, a one or two loss team in FCS play. I, I know they're a one loss team already, but if they can make it through there. Like what are they eight and three, eleven games, right? Yeah. Um, if they can make it through that. At eight They'll and three, at large, they are going to be an at-large pit bid, and they are going to make a big run in the FCS playoffs. I'm taking claim on that now. They're a championship contender and a good football team, which is shocking because we're talking about Idaho here. Um, but I had to get them in here because that's it's two weeks in a row they've taken somebody to the wire, and Cal is a good football team. Yeah, Cal's above average. I, I will give them. I mean, they've got a good defense. A decent offense. Uh, Jaden Knott's probably one of the best players in the Pac-12 at, at the running back position. Yeah. And and Idaho took them to school in the first half. They got a little complacent and lost. That's a good football team. Alabama. You might be just another football team this year. There might be a coup in the Alabama locker room. I don't know who your quarterback is going forward. I am going to assume, <laughs> I, I, which is what I say. Hey, look, this is what I told you it should have been preseason, by the way. But I'm going to assume they're going to go with who finished the game on Saturday, which is Ty Simpson. Led them to two touchdown drives on Saturday. Had a pretty, had a pretty solid showing, I would say, uh, by the standard of what's been put before him. Jim Mora was not bad against Texas, but he wasn't able to get the job done in the big games. I don't know if Ty Simpson gives you that ability. I think he's the – I think this is a future play for Alabama to give Ty Simpson the ropes here. But I just think they're – I think they might just be another football team in 2023. Only time will tell. I think Saturday could give us a very good indication on what they will be in 2023 mm-hmm. if they are going to play better or worse. But they got to go, and they're going to face their former defensive coordinator – Pete Golding. They're going to face a former offensive coordinator, Lane Kiffin, and an old Miss Rebel squad who is destined, hunting, ready to kill on Saturday. I'm not saying who I'm going to take in the game because I, I think it's going to be part of our slides, which I think our slides are going to be plentiful on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but I'm Alabama, have seven slides. They may just be another football team. And that's a weird thing to think about. Does it mean the dynasty is dead, Tyler? Um, hard to say. I think as long as Nick Saban's there, I don't know if it's over. Yeah. You can't just take away what he's done, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's the big no, thing. No, you no. have the benefit of the doubt is there, and that and that's where it was last week. I mean, I've <laughs> I've made the statements. I have gone a little outlandish on some picks this year. I I went Alabama one because it was safe. Two, because I knew both of you were taking Texas, so I figured I'll give us a little difference in some of our picks. We've been lockstep and everything, and we don't talk about games specifically. Um, I said specifically that time. I was about to say particularly, and then I changed what I was saying midway through. That happens. Um, but we, we don't talk about games. We, we've just been lockstep. So I've, I've made some efforts to go a little differently some ways, some, some others. 
one of them worked out, <laughs> which was Florida. I, I was actually, mm-hmm. but I was, I was on board that one. I, I was on board Alabama. I mean, I could have got behind you telling me Alabama would win week two against Texas. But I do like to try to go a little bit off the beaten path sometimes. Cam somehow, when he's been doing it, has been right. So I don't know. Maybe I do what he's doing. I don't know. What the <laughs> hell take, he's take got Texas State over state. Baylor. Texas State's scoring, man. Mm-hmm. They are seventy-seven points. Now they gave up entirely too many to Jackson State, but I don't know. I don't know if they did or didn't. I don't. But it's okay. Nonetheless, they're playing well. All right. My, I'm done. BJ, who are your ballers? Yeah, I've got a few this week. It was a good week for a lot of players, so you want to bear with me because I do want to give a few players their respective dues. I'm going to start with Harrison Mevis. We talked about him already t- hitting a walk-off 61-yard field goal, a, a historic SEC record-setting field goal. You know, that definitely deserves some props from us here, and and he is one of my ballers of the week. Another game we talked about earlier in the show with uh, our slides. How about Trevor Etienne and uh, what he was able to do on the ground? 23 carries, 172 yards, and a touchdown. I I know that they didn't have uh, Montrell Johnson. He, He scored the first touchdown for Florida, but when they run the ball consistently, as opposed to having to have Anthony Richardson last year, Grammers this year, do a lot through the air. Now they've, they've got great receiving targets, Ricky Pearsall and company. But the key to success for Florida has been, always will be, making sure that you pound the rock with those two young men. And Trevor Etienne really looking like his older brother on Saturday night, giving him his yeah. baller of the week distinction here. How about Garrett Schrader? Obviously, he's a Syracuse's quarterback, but what he did on the ground was more impressive at Purdue than what he did through the air. He had 25 carries, 195 yards, and four rushing touchdowns. That is the most by any Syracuse quarterback in the Fighting Oranges history as a program. So one of the big reasons why Syracuse was able to win that game at Purdue, because Purdue hung around, gave them all that they could handle, and then some. Uh, more so than I was expecting uh, what we'd seen from Purdue this year. Uh, But it was Garrett Schrader that went as, as he goes and as he stays healthy is how the Syracuse team will go. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. Makes the list again, just because I mean, another dominant performance, he's the Heisman or at least he's my Heisman leading, you know, player right now, 27 to 35, 473 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, at Michigan State, he's he's got to be up there. He and Shadur Sanders are the two favorites right now. And I mean, it's it's. I think there's, you know, Caleb Williams has had a good season, but I I've really been impressed with what I've seen from Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. I've got two from the same team that I do want to make sure I highlight. This player is the first in the last three seasons to have at least 250 passing yards, two touchdowns and a 95% or higher completion percentage in a half in three seasons. Um, and that's Jane Daniels 
of LSU. He went 30 of 34 for the game with 361 yards and two touchdowns. And his favorite target also makes the list here this week. Malik Neighbors had 13 grabs, 239 yards, and two touchdowns uh, on the day. 186 of those receiving yards in the first half. He was just balling out. Um, it was it was a great performance. You got three more. Hunter Waller of Wisconsin. He had 10 tackles, two INTs, and a sack. He's the first player in the last 25 years for Wisconsin to put up those type of numbers in a single game. So give credit where credit's due, getting the defensive baller of the week. I know a lot of times I look at offensive players because, I mean, those are the ones that immediately jump out and and Mm -hmm. pop out on the stat sheet. But when you do that, when you have those kind of numbers, even Cam can – say and appreciate what uh, what kind of a performance Hunter Wooler had for Wisconsin. Last two, Jackson Dart, Ole Miss getting a big win over Georgia Tech. Jackson Dart was the reason or one of the reasons for it. 10 of 18, 251 yards and a touchdown passing, plus he added 14 carries for 136 yards and two touchdowns on the ground in the Rebels' win over the Yellow Jackets. Last but not least, Dylan Gabriel – Competition was outmatched, but Gabriel, 28 of 31, 421 yards, five touchdowns at Tulsa. He also threw a pick, but that's not why he made the Ballers of the Week. Uh, Another great performance. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's doing what we thought he would do last year when he went over there. Yeah. Give them them what what they deserve. They're a good football team, and that's, that's for sure. They definitely are. So that's Ballers of the Week. All right. I, again, we, we kind of did Cam's corner for him. It's okay. He'll be back. He'll do it next week. Um, mm-hmm. Am I missing anything? I think that's it. Yeah, no top 25. No, no uh, we'll do that Wednesday. We'll have. That'll be the first thing on Wednesday. Um, six or but, seven games to preview on Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. So I told you one. I told you I hit the Florida, uh, the bet I made, Florida. Oh, yeah. Money line and, and the under. Talk about I the also one hit. Oh, don't <laughs> okay. you worry. I'll get to that. Thank you for reminding me that. I also hit South Alabama money line. That was yeah. that was money, dude. Um, yes, as, it was. Uh, as my favorite, one of my favorite food TikTokers will say. Um, and then lastly, I had a twenty-five leg parlay on heavy favorites. I'm talking anywhere from fifteen to forty points. And above, 25 legs, 25 teams needed to win these games. I was 24 of 25. <laughs> is that more? Is that more upsetting than if like half of them had lost? Yes. Yes. One away? I, like one away, and they lose in overtime. And not only did they lose in overtime, fourth and goal on the one yard line, and they lost in overtime after they just ran all over a power five opponent. They can't run over Miami, Ohio. Come on, Cincinnati. What in the hell are you doing? You're losing me money. That's what you're doing. That's and a Mr. Crafts this. quote. But so like, like, come on, man. Like, that's all I needed. I needed one. I was one yard away. One yard away from overtime. Well, a second overtime. And not mm-hmm. only that, money. Yeah. But hey, I didn't make I made enough for, you know, to get get by so we're good 
16-year losing streak for Miami of Ohio snapped against Cincinnati in the Victory Bell Series. And it happens when Cincinnati goes to the Big 12, their first year in the Big 12. Wow, what a great look for the conference this weekend. BYU was a good look for the conference this weekend. Oh, yeah, getting a win at Arkansas. Oh, yeah. TCU. Oh, I wasn't expecting to win. I was. Expe- I thought they might cover, but I was. I didn't. I've been back and forth win, no. because Arkansas has been a little, a little lackluster to be honest. I mean, they did not mm-hmm. impress me at all with their Kent State game. They won twenty-eight to three against Kent State. Yeah. There was no weather problems. They just didn't score. No. So I went into this game and I was like, okay, maybe. And then they they, they just got flat out beat. Keaton Slovis played well. Good for BYU. Um. Not so not so good for Arkansas, which again just c- continues to prove that the SEC is is not winning the games that they need to win to be up there on the totem pole. But hey, look, this weekend I'm telling you, Alabama Ole Miss is probably my favorite matchup because it's going to tell me everything I need to know. Yeah, for the rest of the season, we'll definitely have fun previewing that on Wednesday. I think we're going to have fun at all. In all costs on Wednesday, we might have to go a little early on Wednesday. I may have to rush back from uh, what I'm doing Wednesday to make sure I'm here. That's fair, but we we just it, it's such a long show and everything going on. We we may have to go just a little early, but it we got to get you guys the the content. So we'll be back Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Of course, as we always are, Facebook, YouTube, live every single time. So. With that said, we'll see you then. Have a good one, BJ. Hit it.